trusted real estate professional, backed by years of experience. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. 615-519-3339. That's Brad Fowler, Century 21 Wright Realty. He's a professional who cares. Bob Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern... Justin. What a gorgeous day. Happy Thursday to you. Welcome into the McFarland Show. Darren and Justin... Here with you, we are the McFarlands, and we are live yes, on we this are. gorgeous day here gorgeous. in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. We have a roof on, and I'm glad, but it is outstanding outside. And here we are it is. in middle, we're past the midway point of November. We're yes. coming up on Thanksgiving, and it is just fantastic out there. 75 degrees was the Holy high for today. How? Now, listen. On the horizon, down the corner and around the street, there is a chance for some snowflakes next week. Yeah, well, just we'll, putting that out there. We'll now, worry listen, about that. I know. When we get to I know. Next I week. Just, I'm just I'm just saying Man. that it's down the it's down around the corner. Man, you know the, the that's what the weather guy is talking about. What a baby Ruth in the punch bowl. Just yeah. putting it out there. Man. Well, no, no, it's a gorgeous day. Oh, but don't forget, you can make a snowman next week. It's a reminder to enjoy the day. That's what it is. Take us with you outside. It's a reminder to enjoy the day. I think this time of year, it kind of goes without saying <laughs> that oh, you no. just know. You no. just know. Something's probably creeping around you know, the corner. I would think that too, Darren, but this is what I hear every single year without fail whenever the temperature goes down. Man, sure is cold outside. Well, yeah, it's December. It's supposed to get cold. Why are people surprised when it gets cold? It's December. Yeah. Well, you know, my grass isn't growing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's winter. Mm-hmm. Your grass isn't going Storm to grow. It. So... Yeah, so what you're saying makes it what people would expect. I no, no, people don't expect. People expect it to be sunny in 72 all the time. Is what I found. Yeah. I've got a little bit of a I've been thinking about this week, and I know we're just at Thursday. By the way, Bill Keen's gonna join us in about 10 minutes. We'll talk college mm-hmm. football with him. At three o'clock, we'll head down to Jacksonville, get a report on the opponent on Sunday, Look the Jags. To Tony Smith. 1010XL does a great job. I, I'm i starting to get a little bit concerned about the, what's what's I, I don't know if I want to throw out that word because that's, that's a big blanket to throw out there. But it does kind of feel that people have just kind of checked out oh. on the Titans. Like you oh. think about it. <laughs> we haven't talked much. Like, you know, considering. Yeah. Getting waxed by the Bucks, yeah, in a three and six season, and just past the midway point. I don't know. Is everybody just said, "Yeah, boy, can't wait for the draft. Can't I, wait for free agency. Can't yeah, wait for twenty twenty four. I think people are waiting on them to show them something, and they've shown them not a lot. And I think because they have not shown them a lot. It's tough to get excited for Sundays right now. Okay, but where where's the anger then? 
I mean, you can then be angry about the it. The anger you can be happened after the Cincinnati game in 2019. That, that's when the anger happened. And I think the fan base is still in a in a hangover somewhat from that experience because that was the run, and now we're at the end of the run. Well, I, honestly, I think Mike Vrabel and the, the franchise is still in that hangover too. It's not well, just the fans. Well, because they haven't recovered from it either. No, and and now we're still trying to understand. You know, well, where are we now exactly, and, and what's going to happen? I think people are excited about the quarterback. That's all people want to talk about is Will Levis. And you know, right, and, but how many playoff games have they played since that loss to Cincinnati? Uh, one. Uh, no, no, zero. They haven't been back. That's no, right. That zero. was for twenty twenty. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Be, yeah, zero. Yeah, they didn't a, go a back. A donut. My Two bad. Sec. I, I had the year. Mixed so I'm up. saying it may not just be a fan hangover. Well, maybe a organization. Maybe a head coach. They can't coaching staff. It is what it is at this point. That Justin. Yeah. The, they haven't recovered from that loss. Well, if you really look at it, they haven't recovered. They're slowly recovering because they're removing all the people who were involved in it. So pretty sure, uh, pretty soon we'll look around, and a lot of the people, and I bet you even right now, there's probably only around forty to thirty-five percent of the roster who was around for that for that loss. But a lot of the core, and certainly all of the uh, the supplemental players, you know, around were are, are off this team. Uh, now, so you know, there could be a lot of guys in that locker room who don't know anything about that game. Uh, a few guys will, but there's going to be a lot of guys who don't. So you know, it's the, even though and, and listen, losses like that can be tough. Tony, who we're getting ready to talk to in our three o'clock hour, has already told us a few months ago that the city of Jacksonville hasn't recovered from the '99 playoffs. You did tell us that. The 1999, when Mark Brunel, when they beat the Titans, or the Titans beat them three times in the same year, the only losses they had all year, that team was 15-3. and The only three losses they had were all to the Tennessee Titans, which is insanity. And they still, to this very moment, according to Tony, who's been down there the whole time, haven't recovered. So losses like that can take a toll on a city, on a fan base, you know, it's, you know, is it Bill Buckner-esque? You know, I don't know if we want to go that far. Is it Scott Norwood? Oh, boy. I, I hope I hope we're not entering that kind of territory. But it's the kind of thing and the kind of, you know, stigma that hangs with the team for a very long time. Because that was the window. Everybody thought that was the window. Everybody thought this was it. This was the run. This is the time. And it didn't happen. It's just been a little bit quiet, subdued this week, and I thought it would it would be a little bit different. And look, well, I mean, we're I guess wow. a little bit to blame too. I mean, think about Monday. Yeah, we thought it was going to be pitchforks, and hell, more people wanted to call in. We had lots of calls on Monday, and it was and Jimbo college. Fisher, and, yeah, you know this and that, yeah, college Vanderbilt. What's going on? Yeah. Wow. I mean, here here's the other thing, Darren. Are you really going to call? And and people are doing it. People are doing it. But the rem- the pitchforks and all that. Well, the general manager is already gone. So you can't call and say they should fire the general Too late. We've already done that. Well, the offensive line needs to get better. I'm tired of these. No, there's four new offensive linemen. So it's not, you know, we can't blame, uh, what's his name anymore? The, the left guard from, la- the left tackle from last Dennis year. Dennis Daly. Dennis Daly. Can't blame Dennis Daly anymore. He's not here. 
So there's no more pitchforks for him. Got to put that pitchfork down. Then there's the Mike Vrabel pitchfork, which we can pick up. That's a nice shiny one. The problem is Mike Vrabel, as the head coach of this team, is still 11 or 12 games over 500. You know, he's had one losing season out of the five he's been here. Are you really coming for him with the sharp side of the pitchfork, really? You really got to do that? I mean, you can, but I'm just saying there's not a lot of pitch on that fork. So I think, you know, everybody's in a, well, what do you— what do you do? Well, they need to get rid of the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, that, gone. All right, fix that. Will Levis is the guy. So so what's what's left here? Mm. So people are going to call and say what? I, I just named for you all the pitchfork. Th- Dennis Daly's thinking he's not here. Ryan Tannehill, not here. You know, well, they need to trade, you know. Kevin um, Byard. Well, Kevin Byard. And get, mm. Mm. Okay. Well, the offensive lineman, Dennis Daly, and uh, mm. Well, they need to fire John Robinson because he's the, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, you know, the franchise has thrown a wet blanket over the, over the fire. Doesn't mean there isn't still a fire under there. It just means it's not roaring out of control. Because what are you really going to complain about? What are you going to say? I think that's what we're hearing. You asked. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I did. And you answered. <laughs> By the way, I think the Titans are uh, set to have a uh, presser tomorrow. It's a little cryptic right now in the details. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Okay. We'll uh, continue looking into that and uh, pass that along. I, I do, it's about the new stadium. So, Oh, well, I haven't had a chance to check in today, but I know the Sports Authority met today, and uh, there were supposed to be some announcements coming out about that. But I'll, I'll mm. need to take a look, closer look. I've been unplugged for the last, you know, Couple hours here, yeah. Um, but I need to plug back in, see what's been, uh, what may have shaken out of that meeting. So, all right, let's come back and let's have a college football discussion with Bill Keen. We will do that next here on the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. Do you want to work at the OG of Hot Chicken, Princess Hot Chicken Tanker? Outlet Mall, 4060 Cane Ridge Parkway, Suite 102 in Antioch. Princess is looking for fun, energetic, and friendly smiling faces as food runners and cashiers. They're also looking to create an amazing culinary team to carry on the Princess tradition. Interested in working in a great environment with great hourly wages? Submit a resume to Princess Hot Chicken AFH at gmail.com or fill out an application on the Princess Hot Chicken website. That's princesshotchicken.com. PrincessHotChicken.com Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first one hundred people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800 That's 800
When you've experienced the loss of a loved one, you can trust SAG Funeral Home to guide you through the process of honoring their life. At SAG Funeral Home, they pride themselves in serving families in Nashville and surrounding areas with dignity, respect, and compassion. The staff is experienced in a variety of funeral services and can help you celebrate your loved one, no matter your religion, culture, or budget. Family and veteran-owned funeral home and cremations now are handled all in one location. We'll help create a personalized experience to pay tribute to your loved one's unique life. Ask about the pre-planning service as well. SAG Funeral Home, serving Nashville and Middle Tennessee for over 40 years. In your time of need, you need someone you can trust who can provide comfort to your family in a very professional way. SAG Funeral Home, 1503 Buchanan Street. Call today, 615-244-5044. 615-244-5044. SAG Funeral Home, for comfort and care in your time of need. SAG Funeral Home, proud sponsor of TSU Football on WNSR. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Tennessee needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. It's a Bill King show. We created a rule decades ago on the show. Weddings, things of that nature, during the playing portion, do not get consideration. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Weddings are meant for the spring. They do not get consideration during the playing portion of the season. That's just the way we work it around here. That's the way we play it around here. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Give us a call, 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Back here on the McFarland Show on this gorgeous Thursday afternoon. 615-844-5600. Darren and Justin live in the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio. Damon Keene is alongside. We say hello to Bill Keene. He gets the day started here on these airwaves at 6 a.m. talking college football with you. Bill, how we doing? Hey, guys. Doing good. Doing better than Tennessee, huh? Cody Shredder. I call him Shredder, not Schrader, Hmm. because he did something that uh, we don't see very often. Over 200 yards rushing and over 100 yards receiving in the same game. Cody Shredder was unbelievable. I remember blurting out very, very early on in the game, Tennessee might want to figure out what to do with number seven. Yeah, and he's a D2 transfer and is is fantastic. Tennessee's defense and a particular young linebacker had a nightmare of a day. Uh, Yeah, yeah, a young linebacker. I'll give you a hint from the borough that uh, struggled mightily. His eyes deceived him. A lot of busts, and it was a tough day. Third and long, the quarterback could scramble and get it. Third and 15, or they could throw it to the Schrader kid. It really didn't matter. Luther Burton, of course, is an All-American receiver. It was a really bad day. And, of course, the offense didn't do him any favors. They scored one touchdown. That was it. Missouri's for real, aren't they? I've watched, actually, a lot of their games this year. I think we talked about it with you. I watched that game against LSU they absolutely gagged that away. They should have beaten LSU, and 
they'd have done that, their only loss would be Georgia in Athens. I mentioned maybe two weeks ago, if you just take the category of from last year to this year most improved, I don't care what league, they'd be right at the top. And no question, they're solid. They are sound defensively. They've got weaponry. They've got a weapon at quarterback. They've got weapons, plural, at receiver. They've got the tailback you talked about. That's a complete ball club right now. And they're going to go 10-2 and two and get to a good bowl. And I love the friction with the coaches. That's awesome. The league needs it, right? I mean, I I love that. I mean, I don't know what Drinkowitz is so uh, – it was such a weird, you know, comeback. on What, what did he say that – what was the what? What did he say to the, the flyby handshake to Heupel, Bill? Do you remember? I, I, we're about business. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Something, yeah, business. Something about business, and it was like, huh? I don't. I, I would say burn, but I don't really know if you burned him. It was kind of a weird. Maybe he needs to get a little schooling on you know how to talk trash, but that was a little bit of a deal, weird deal. Well, it's that in in Tennessee put up sixty something a couple times on him. And felt like there were some late scores. And then remember, I believe he was on, Drinkwitz was on Fine Bomb about a year ago. And that's when the Pruitt thing was in the news. And he took some shots there. But you ah, know what? Okay. Fine. You know, yeah. fine. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, remember last Friday when you came on the show and I said, well, it's this time of year, Bill. This is when things get a little bit weird. Coaches get fired or hot seats get really, really hot. And uh, sure enough, by the weekend's end, uh, old Jimbo... Got shown. I got. He's gonna get a bag of cash, seventy-six mil to be exact. And Zach Arnett out at Mississippi State. Just a weird thing to go out and smoke somebody and score over fifty points and then get fired. But uh, I guess Texas A&M had had enough. Why didn't it work there? I mean that they paid a whole lot of money to do basically what Kevin Sumlin was doing. Interesting. When Mississippi State and A&M played, you think those co- the, both those head coaches knew that both of them were going to get run over the weekend or whatever day it was? I mean, that, that Zach Arnett was a horrible idea. I, I, I told you guys that from the beginning. Jimbo had a couple of problems. Number one, other than Kellen Mond, he never had consistent quarterback play. Now, this year the young kid was playing well, but he's hurt. He's out. That's been a problem. And, frankly, they've recruited well, but they have not developed well. And uh, the offense had been a problem. They brought in Bobby P. I think he's done a pretty good job with it. And uh, they're just not getting the bang for their bucket. I mean, that literally, they're probably the most well-paid team in America through name, image, likeness, and they're not getting a good return on the investment. Where do they turn? You think this off season they're going to want splash? I mean, you don't you don't do what you did, you know, with Jimbo Fisher. If you don't, they believe they. Be, and I look, I. I agree with him. When you have unlimited resources, you're in the state of Texas, you're in the SEC. Well, you should feel like you should be, you know, playing for SEC championships and in the college football playoffs. I, I get it. I but why haven't they been able to do it? Why why can't they win at a high level at A and M? Because very rarely in their history do they ever hire the right head coach. You can go coach after coach. Dennis Franchoni, obviously, you can go with R.C. Slocum. Now, R.C. did a good job. And and years before that, Jackie Sherrill did a good job. I remember he got run off because of the NCAA stuff. But most of the hires have been insufficient. Sumlin started well, and then it cratered on him. 
Jimbo started okay, had the one good season, which was the COVID year, 20, uh, or, or 2020, hadn't done much. But it's, it's about the head coach, guys. This theory that it's all about the players and all you got to do is throw a bunch of talent at a roster, and that's, all you, that's ridiculous. If your head coach isn't the right guy, it doesn't matter what your recruiting ranking is. And that's what they've got to get done this time. What about Gary Patterson? What what's his story? Is he retired? Does he want to come back? What like what's Gary? Uh, to me, he did a whole lot of winning at TCU. But is he is he a guy that's going to get back in the mix? There's going to be a lot of openings, I think. Gary's made a lot of money. He's been at Texas as an analyst or a consultant, or he's he's basically for Sark over there. Uh, oh, he learned the from Saban. He looked, bring these guys in and let them be yeah. interns and build back and up their, you know, whatever. Gary, Gary's made a lot of money hmm. uh, in his career at TCU, and he also married Rich. And uh, so I don't think – I think he's enjoying this life. He's in football. You don't hear about him. You probably don't see him. And he's made a fortune. I don't, I don't think he gets back in. Really? But these guys, what no. about those big, massive egos, Bill? You've got to remember, the, the later years at TC were not good. It doesn't mean he couldn't go somewhere else and, you know, get it going again. But the end of the resume was not real attractive. Hmm. Well, what about the Chip Kelly stuff? Where, where did that come from? I did not, not at any point this whole season, did I think Chip Kelly was on the hot seat. And then here we sit on this Thursday in the middle of November, and uh, supposedly Chip, Chip Kelly's on the hot seat. At UCLA, did that surprise you? Yeah, I didn't think anything would happen this year, and there's reports that maybe after the Southern Cal game in a week he's gone. I, I'd say a couple things. They, they This year at quarterback, they, they've had problems. They brought in five-star Dante Moore out of Detroit, who everybody on the planet wanted, and they gave him the ball, and he, he struggled a bit, and that can happen with freshmen, and they pretty much have gone with a, an older kid, and I think more you're going to see more in the transfer portal, and everybody in the world's going to want him in about two weeks. The other thing about Chip is when, when Chip was at Oregon winning big, it didn't matter. But Chip is one of the biggest punks out there, okay? I mean, I'm talking about a first-class jerk. And I would just assume that the relationships there and also the lack of winning enough at times has probably festered. That would be my guess. Charles Arbuckle's on my show every Tuesday. He couldn't be on this week. He went to UCLA. And he's been out there. He was an All-American tight in there. And I've been meaning to talk to him about it. I haven't been able to talk to him this week. But I would think it's a combination of those things I just mentioned. Hmm. Bill Keen on the line with us. His show 6 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday on these airwaves. So let's just play the, the what if. Let's play the sports radio, sports talk radio game. What if Alabama beats Georgia in a nail biter in Atlanta and let's go with Michigan beating Ohio state in a nail biter. How's this committee going to handle that? Well, Alabama would get in by virtue of what they've done in their resume. Michigan would be in Florida state's undefeated. I assume, right. They'd get in. And then you've got Washington sitting out there undefeated. If you're Georgia, under that scenario, you need Washington to lose to Oregon State. Or you need them to lose in the rematch with Oregon. You need that to happen. 
personally, I would have Georgia in there. Right. I, I just – there's no way I leave them out. But I think the committee would. Really? I really do. See, yes. I, that that will create – look, for what we do, right, you in the mornings and us here in the yeah. afternoon, like, it will be great for what we do. But how right. on earth – and I, I'm asking it because I, I know that that is – is realistic. It could happen, right. but you're going right. to leave off right. the two-time defending, you know, national champions and a team that's what won 27 games in a row. So they were going to win one of the 20. It'd be be 29 games by then in a row, and you're going to leave them out. And they've been number one. You're going to leave them out of the college playoffs, really? Because they lost to yeah. Alabama in a nail biter. And it's a program working on a dynasty that hadn't lost yeah. a regular season game since, you know, you can't remember, Florida. You, several years back, Dan Mullen. The last good year Dan Mullen had. I, I'm with you. I, I, Rusty Manziel was with me this morning, and he is now with On3. Rusty knows that state and that program, I think, better than anybody on the planet Earth. And I asked him the same scenario, and he says, I think Georgia gets left out. Mm. Wow. Who gets the uh, Texas A&M job? Who, who's, the, who's the guy that no one's talking about that's, that's going to get that job, Bill? I don't think it's somebody nobody's talking about. Okay. I don't think – Dan. I believe Dan Lanning. I had a lot of people say, Bill, well, Saban said he wasn't going to Alabama. Fine. But that's not every case, right? Yeah. I don't think – Dan Lanning's not leaving. I, no. I would. I think the Aggie job's probably a little bit better job, but – he is happy out there. He's got uh, three kids, 13, 12, 11. Mm. He's, he's making Phil Knight sitting there anytime he needs anything. He calls Phil Knight, gets anything he wants, and he's winning. And uh, so he's happy. Now, I'm not, you know, maybe he's not a lifer out there. He's only, what, 37? But, but no, no, no. The timing's not good there. The Lane Kiffin thing, that, that ain't, that's not a, a deal. And I'm I'm leaving somebody out. I do think it's somebody maybe like Elko Campbell at Detroit, even though I don't think he'd leave. He's an mm. A&M guy. He's an A&M guy. But those guys, man, in the NFL, and I'm a college guy, right? So yeah. this is not what I think. But these guys, man, that lifestyle's better. You're not fighting kids over NIL. You're not trying to re-recruit your roster to not leave you. You know, you're not having to go out and recruit some 18-year-old spoiled brat. It's just a better lifestyle for those guys. So I don't think any, – and he's winning, right? So why would you give that up? I just don't think the timing would be good there. It's probably somebody like Elko or Leopold or, you know, maybe – I'll tell you this. It's not going to happen now. But Dan Lanning, as we know, young guy 37, is – a guy that had a little bit of time at Alabama as a GA, and then Kirby hired him, and now he's gone from coordinator to the Oregon coach. Well, Glenn Schumann, who's the coordinator, the co-coordinator for Georgia's defense, is thought to be the next Dan Lanning. He's 33. Guy never played football. Never played football. Mm. Kirby hired him immediately to be like a manager when he first got that job. He's the co-defensive coordinator, and everybody in America would love to have him. Watch out for him, but not this year. But he's good. he's the next young Dan Lanning defensive whiz kid, head coach. Wow. All right, let's uh, 
fulfill our contractual obligation here and ask you about Deion Sanders here, even though I, I think the contract is expiring on that because I'm not sure how much longer uh, he's going to be playing uh, football games um, because if they lose another one, they're they're done uh, as far as uh, getting to a, a bowl game here. Uh, being what you've seen so far, everybody, and you in particular, sir, called for four to five wins for, for Colorado. That's kind of where they are. Has this year been a success for them despite the lack of winning on the field? Wide scope, yes. What everybody looks at as the start, though. Okay, they started well, Bill, and then they just died, Bill. I mean, come on. It's a catastrophe. No, it's the law of averages. You're not going to continue doing what you were doing early. And we talked about it. The schedule picked up. There's Oregon. There's Southern Cal. There's these teams that you're going to have to deal with, right? And Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult. No, I'm not surprised. Now, this next month in the transfer portal and in recruiting, and I'm sure he'll probably have a team meeting and run 20 guys off maybe this time, right? I mean, that that's just going to happen. Well, and, that worked uh, so well last year. I mean, he ran <laughs> 50 or 60 off, right? Yeah, but yeah. It won't be that way this year. But I still think the trajectory is set. I think they're in good shape. They're about to head over back to their home in the Big 12. And yeah. I think everything's on target. The quarterback's coming back, and his young son, who's a DB is obviously coming back, and Deion says they'll they'll enter the draft together. Life's hmm. good. I mean, Shadur's driving a Rolls Royce. Did you see what they had I the did. call to do? They, they put they a boot on his it. Rolls Royce. I saw What's that. What's up with that? You know, somebody's trying to make <laughs> themselves famous, Bill. That's what's going on with that. I'm the guy that put the boot on Shadur's car. That's that's that gives you some cred out there in the community. That's that's what all that's about. Don't don't get it twisted. All right, Bill, last but not least for me, I have to ask you about the uh, college football team that we have actually right here within the city of Nashville, just a few uh, a few miles from us uh, as the crow flies. Uh, we, you know, Vanderbilt, they're, they're right here, and somehow it seems like they haven't been here all year. Uh, this has been one of the most, and, and Bill, again, I go back to 1991 in this city, I can't remember a time when they have been more invisible than this year. Uh, yeah, and maybe there has been another year, but they they've been off the radar entirely by almost everybody this year. Last time this came up on the show, we brought up the Daisy BB gun, right? In a nuclear war. Let me give you another one. Greek <laughs> mythology, right? Somewhere in your in high Greek school. Greek mythology. Or, yeah, yeah. Okay. Greek mythology, this somewhere in there that you study, right? right. And, and sure. Sisyphus was the one who would try and push that rock up that huge incline. He'd get it a couple of inches, and then the rock would just steamroll it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's Vanderbilt fighting gravity. That's Vanderbilt. Is Clark Lee going to change? He's got to change his approach, Bill. The way he speaks, he speaks as if you can still bring kids in and grow them to, you know, a proper playing level by year three and four, and the game doesn't work that way anymore. And what I've explained to Darren and what I'll say to you is, sir, I'm sure that Clark Lee has probably wanted that job a long time. I'm sure he had an idea of what he wanted to do when he got that job. And now he's here, and the whole thing is is different than what he's been thinking about for like, let's just say it's the last 10 years. It probably was longer than that. But let's just say he's been thinking about doing this job for 10 years and now he's there and the whole way that you do the job has completely changed. When does he get the memo and decide, you know what? 
The Transport Portal is awesome. We love it. We embrace it. And we can't wait till it opens up. Well, it's kind of like Notre Dame now. It's hard to get people in. It's not like you can go to your academic office and say, hey, I need all these favors. And I say, yeah, we'll do it. This is a nice, cute little state university. You get your guy. Can't do that at Notre Dame. Can't do that at Vanderbilt. So it's not a attractive transfer portal school. Mm. Not saying you can't get somebody, but you're not going to out-recruit big state you wherever for some kid to go to Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt's job, the most difficult football job in the league, basically historically, if you if you leave out the McGugan era, right, is now even more difficult with name image likeness. And I'm sure Clark Lee is good as he was as a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame and how successful he was, thought he could probably come in here and be the difference maker. But I, he doesn't know more about Vanderbilt than I do when it comes to winning. And you can't win at Vanderbilt. Bear Bryant and Vince Lombardi, if they came back right from the heavens and co-coached, this team would not win there. Well, it's you, a useless, you can. It's a useless endeavor. Bill agreed. You can, but you gotta have the people above you helping, and they don't, and right. they never have, and you know that they're a dysfunctional business. It's no matter what you do, right, in any business, if you don't have the right people above you, and they're not helping you succeed, you cannot succeed. You just can't. And even if you do have a a one-off or a quick success, if you're in that situation, you're looking to quickly get out of that situation and parlay that into a business that does have their stuff together, and that's what James Franklin did. Yeah, if you did have the term you used, a one-off, and you had a spike up, I mean an impressive spike up, let's say you went 7-5, and five, which mm-hmm. would be good there. Sure, yeah. Uh, it w- it's harder the next year to maintain that than it was to get there first. That's how difficult that is. At a place like Vanderbilt, it's yeah. You, you, if you have success, even if you're from here and this is God's country, you got to get out if you win. They've just never been able to figure out what they're doing at the top. They just they just haven't. And he, yep. uh, you know, nice guy, but he brought, he came in and he had this vision of this girl. He's been you know that he's been staring at for a long time, and and she's the most beautiful girl he's ever seen. And now they're dating, and she's burping at the dinner table she's going to the bathroom and leave, you know with the door open uh you know she's picking her nose walking up and down the hall and you realize that the vision of that girl that you've dreamt about for years now that you're with her it's like huh yeah this ain't exactly what i thought i was signing up for and that's where that's and, where and clark lee is my family's in the since my family's in the dental business her teeth are falling out <laughs> rotting it's just a disaster <laughs> my, my, my this morning and see her. They just get out. She's got gingivitis. Right. It's just a mess. Like you just found out the girl you've been dreaming about for years is just a hot mess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is why we have Bill on. Yes, this is, yes, it is. This is fantastic. Um, Bill, appreciate it as always. Um, should be another fun weekend. Is there any chance on the way out, any chance that Tennessee can pull off the upset and beat Georgia? No, no. Wow. No. I, I, wow. I, I tried, but no. Yeah, that wow. Was, that was the Jim Rome pause. Wow. And then he's I, like, no. no. Jeez. Okay. Bill, appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Thank thanks, you, sir. Thanks as I always. Think. Man. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. <laughs> 
Bill Keen, you can hear his show starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow right here on these airwaves. It's always fun because you just, you just never know Greek mythology where we're going and how he's going to answer our questions. He has no idea what we're going to throw at him. We got the McGugans yeah. in there. We got dental business. We we got a, we covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. Te- her teeth are falling yeah. out. It's it's bad. Jeez. 615-844-5600 is how you can get in touch with us. We are wide open the rest of the hour if you want to get involved in the show, and we'd love to talk to you. We can do that next here on The McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer. Trailer Leasing Company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. In Tennessee, 967,430 people struggle with hunger, and 295,570 of them are children. That's one in seven who struggle with hunger, and one in five are children. People who are hungry are not necessarily living on the streets. They may be in your child's classroom, in your neighborhood, or just down the street. In addition, many of these people live in food deserts, which are areas more than 10 miles from the nearest grocery store. Often there are limited resources to get food, and the only option is fast food or convenience markets. While processed food may help with hunger pangs, it provides little to no nutrition. What began in 2008 as a dream to buy land, grow food, and give it away has recently developed into a way to serve and impact more individuals in the community. God has blessed our mission to be a healthy food source to those in need so much, By Faith Farm had to create a nonprofit to continue meeting the need in the community on a larger scale. Visit ByFaithFarm.com to get involved. That's ByFaithFarm.com. Post-COVID travel is on a surge. Many of you are traveling for fun because you've been locked up for two years. Listen, whether you're traveling for fun to Italy, Greece, Spain, France, or somewhere else fun in the world, or USA, now is a great time to book before the crowds hit and save. Plus, with a strong U.S. dollar, you'll get more travel bang for your buck. Right now is a smart time to make your reservations and call low-cost airlines. With one phone call, you can let us do all the work for free. We'll shop hundreds of airlines, hotels, resorts, and give you a way to save huge money on your vacation plans. And if you call right now, we'll give you a free hotel room with a qualified travel purchase. So call right now. 800-704-1662. That's 800-704-1662. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I believe this franchise right now, unfortunately, is paying for the sins of a lot of bad draft picks and, and bad sign. You can only dodge that for so long. Would you think about going back-to-back years with your first-round pick and get nothing? Nothing. That's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. It's just the this. McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Your exclusive National Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan forecast for this afternoon. We'll have times of clouds and sun with the clouds winning out. High 74. Mostly cloudy tonight with a stray shower late. Low 56. Clouds and showers Friday. High 68. 
Utilizing the resources of the Motherbug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist, Jim Rinaldi. Sports Radio, WNSR. Text the Strike and Spare studio now at 615-844-5600. You're listening to The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Appreciate Bill Keen as always. Great college football discussion with him. I wanted to see if I could squeeze in and get Damon's hopes up that he's going to get to play Rocky Top twice on Monday's show by asking if Tennessee can pull off the upset and beat Georgia. And, of course, Bill just squashed it got the just, Ray Charles ready just stepped on it and just squashed it like a bug it's mm-hmm. like nah nah like moonlight through the pine you know it's part better, of the song better get Ray Charles get it all ready for for Monday's show I've been practicing by the way okay sing, get, sing along this weekend you better get George on your mind yeah I'm looking forward to playing Rocky Top yeah. okay okay <laughs> loud and proud all righty 615-844-5600. We'll head down to Jacksonville to be in the second hour. Tony Smith, 1010XL. Get a little Jags report from him. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Jack. Jack, what's going on? How you fellas doing today? Great. Okay, sir. How are you? I have a question. Do you? What do you think, or the impression I'm starting to feel... Is that there were at the beginning of a sea change, and that players today are either going to respond to somebody that's a solid, proven winner that's interested in them, like the pattern that Nick Saban's established, or you're going to have to be a former player that they can all respect, and guys like Fisher and these other people that are your typical, extremely overpaid guys that are operating more like a CEO, that their days are beginning to be numbered. And I'll hang up and listen. Are you talking about Jack on the college level, pro level, or yes. both? Well, actually, both. Okay. If you you know, because you look at guys like Vrabel, the guy in Detroit, okay. now in Pierce. Sure. I mean, these guys players. sit up and sit up and listen, you yeah. know. Okay. And I'm wondering if we're gonna beginning to see the same thing in college. Okay. All right. We'll talk about it. Good question. Thanks for the call. I I think mm. we could come up with enough examples yeah. of both that are working. So and not working. Right, yes. Agree. <laughs> okay. So let's just. Okay. He just great job, Dan Campbell. Um. Antonio Pierce, mm-hmm. now with the Raiders. Yeah. Um, former players that are head coaches in the NFL that are working, right? That are doing that yeah, are doing doing okay. Doing doing well. Yeah. Okay. But in the same token, we can go to Sean McVay. He's had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um Mike McDaniels down in Miami. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't play. Kyle just Shanahan. Look, look at him. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Mike McDaniels, by the way, is just hilarious. He it's looks professor. like straight nerd. Professor. I mean, right out of the basement and you know yeah yeah but they seem to be doing just fine yeah and so i think it's you know you can we can come up and then we can come up with the examples of the former coaches that aren't working and you brought up variable to the but the coaches the former coaches or former players that aren't working yeah and the 
guys that don't really have any background playing at a high level that aren't working either. So yeah. we, and really it goes the same, I think, for college, right? He's suggesting that there could be a sea change. But Clark Lee was a former player. I yes, he is. That isn't working. Well, no, I, I don't not. know if you, you know, you hold that against him because he's the Vanderbilt coach, but. Well, I think what he's trying to get at is our guys like Jimbo Fisher and Brian Kelly and others mm-hmm. who are neither. Didn't play. They didn't play, nor are they. Or at the highest level, you know, a high level. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, you know, didn't, didn't have outstanding careers, you know, anything like that. Um, and, you know, don't have a, a really high profile as far as winning a bunch of ball games or championships. You know, wins, got a few things here and there, but no big trophy case at home. You know, is it going to take those kind of guys essentially out of the picture? And pretty soon we're going to look around and it's going to be a bunch of former players. Mm. I don't think I don't think so. That's ever going to happen. Ryan Day, uh, it's, he's not a former player. Number one, there's not enough of them. There's not enough yeah. of the former players. And listen, they're assistants all over. And could you hire those same guys as head coaches? Sure, you could. But you you would need a former player to come through uh, and, and win a lot of championships uh, in order for. Now, I will say this: if Kirby Smart, who was a former player but not a high level former player, and if Nick Saban, who also was the same, a former player but not a high level former player, if both of them were high level former players, if both of them were Steve Spurrier esque, where they won a Heisman Trophy and then went on and won national championships, I think then you can create a trend. But right now. I don't see enough success with the former players to warrant a huge trend no. of those guys. I don't think there is a trend. I think it's, again, we could sit here and come up with a list of former players that are successful and former players that aren't successful or were flops or were yeah. failures. Yeah. We can come up with guys that really didn't play at any high level, you know, like Nick Saban, and they are going to go down as the GOAT. Yeah. Right? Bill Belichick, GOAT in the yeah. NFL. Okay. Didn't play. I don't, I don't think he's in Canton uh, no. for his playing days. Not for his playing. No. Right? I don't think he's in Atlanta for his playing days no. in college. So I guess what I'm getting at is we could come up with a list. Where I, to me, this is the way I look at it, Justin. And, you know, sure. feel free to pick it apart. All right. I look at what whether you're smart or you're a great motivator. Like, I think you need to have, right? Everybody's got their strengths and their weaknesses. Some guys that are really, really smart and are great X's and O's, they don't translate. Like they don't, they don't know how to talk to people. They're socially awkward, right? They don't get through. They don't, they don't get through to people because their delivery and their style is, I don't know, boring or it's just it's not captivating. You don't find. I'll, I'll give you an example. I've been in this for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've had some great, great guests on over the years. Mm-hmm. People that have unbelievable information. But how do they translate on radio? Not great. Not everybody. No. And people really didn't, even though I'm saying, going, man, their info, their info is unbelievable. But they don't translate. Like, they're boring. They're monotone. Yeah. And people tune them out. Yeah. I've also talked to people that were just great BS artists. Yeah, all personalities. They're great storytellers. They're great. But. You know, you kind of laugh and chuckle, but I also will tell you, people would eat, listeners would eat up what they said, right? Because yeah. they had great, yeah, a great style, a great delivery, yeah. 
And so no information, people, all personality. If we ask the listeners, would you rather hear that person or the person that has unbelievable info but is monotone and boring as crap? Most people are going to go with the outgoing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some person that could tell a story. Oh yeah. Even if they're kind of like skewing the facts. Yeah. They'll choose that over somebody that's got great info and bores the crap out of them. Yeah. After like five minutes, they're like, okay, I'm about ready to take a nap. It's no different for coaching. Yeah. You have to have a certain way to get through to kids or professional athletes. To get them to buy in. To buy in. Yeah. Mike Singletary. Didn't work. Mike Singletary, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame player, linebacker, Super Bowl champion, failure didn't work out. Mike Munchak from right here in town. That man is in Canton. Okay, All American at Penn State. All the accolades you can possibly think of. Head coach didn't work so well. It was mixed at best. Kevin Mawai is in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yes, he is, and he just went one and done at Lipscomb and went four and six. You think he knows football? Better, he's forgotten more football <laughs> than we'll than ever most, know. You better believe it. Yeah, and they went four and six, and he's out. And I know there was other reasons. Sure, you know, yeah, there's other circumstances. There. I'm just saying it didn't translate. Yeah, well, it happens. Okay. It happens. So it's just really about to me the makeup of the person. You have to have a lot of different things, a lot of different strengths. You just do. Yeah. You can't just be an X and O's guy. Because if your delivery and your style and your communication sucks, it's probably not going to work. Not not now. Right? Not in 2023. Or you may be a little bit weak on that, but you have an unbelievable personality and an unbelievable way about you to motivate people. Yeah. Yeah. And that works too. So I, I don't think there's a right answer. I think it's a fantastic question. It is. But I just don't – I think it's – it's a it's a probably a topic we, we could spend a whole show on. It is, and a reminder to to you, uh, the, the caller out there with that Jack. Every and, and and it took a caller to bring this to our attention. Every single head coach in the history of the Oilers slash Titans is a former player. Every single one. That now, is true. Now some of them weren't. Not all of them are Hall of Famers. One of them was, but you know most of them were not. But they were all former players on on, on in the NFL at that. They were yep. all NFL former players. That's true. And there is no Lombardis over there Mm-mm. at the at the facility. We'll come back, Tony. We'll close out the hour with your call. Hang with us. More of the McFarland Show next. And now, all good heat and air is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by All Good Heat and Air, serving the community for five years. For all your HVAC home service plans, give the pros a call today at 931-575-7039. 931-575-7039. That's All Good Heat and Air, going the extra mile for safety. They're professionals who care. How about Thanksgiving, though? Right here at the Omni. Experiences matter here at the Omni. Celebrate Thanksgiving right here at Kitchen Notes with its amazing and expansive holiday brunch that can only add to the wonderful memories of the holiday season. The Kitchen Notes Thanksgiving feast features multiple entrees, including sorghum, glazed ham, and pan-seared salmon, while the action stations boast smoked prime rib, and tender roasted turkey with all the traditional fixings. You're going to not want to forget that. So good. Also, save up some room 
for those very sweet endings. Thanksgiving brunch with family and friends at Kitchen Notes. Meals for children ages 5 and younger are complimentary. Make your reservations now by visiting kitchennotesnashville.com. Get you some delicious food. I've got a unique vacation idea for you that's right here in the United States. If you're ready for a vacation that's fun and downright affordable, listen up. It's driving distance for many of you. So no planes, no airline delays, no hassles. It's Branson, Missouri, the entertainment capital of the Midwest. Live music for everyone. Branson has three beautiful, enormous lakes, water attractions, live shows, great food, and tons of entertainment. It's a perfect vacation for you and your family. Or if you're retired and you want to have a great time. And you can stay in Branson for as low as $99 a night. Please understand, this is not a timeshare offer. It's a real vacation for as little as $99 a night. We've got a free vacation guide we want to send you right now. All you have to do is call for complete details. Get your free Branson, Missouri guide right now by calling this number. 800-413-3953 800-413-3953 That's 800-413-3953 In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The McFarland Show, broadcasting live in Rutherford County on 107.9 FM. Jim Harbaugh has accepted his three-game suspension from the Big Ten regular season play. So two more games to go without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines on Saturday. Let's go to Tony. Tony, what's up? Guys, I'm going to hit you with some numbers today. And tomorrow I'm going to hit you with a lot more numbers. But I've been doing some little research Happened to watch a program uh, on TV, and it's these numbers are startling. But uh, what is the Power Five, guys? Since August of last year, the Power Five uh, conferences are paying coaches, including Jimbo's buyout, a hundred and forty-six million dollars in buyouts since last August. Yeah. Yeah. 146 million. Jimbo Fisher, his first job he took, he made $26,000 annually. He now will be paid $26,000 a day for the next seven years. It's good gig. Unbelievable. Good gig. And remember, here's something no one's talked about. Remember when Derek Dooley 
was being fired at UT and all the uproar that he had this $5 million buyout. Yep. Isn't that something? Yeah, Jimbo's going to make. He had a $5 million make... a buyout, and people, this state and everybody went crazy. In the next four months, Jimbo Fisher. The next four months, Jimbo Fisher will collected almost $27 million from A&M. That's just to True. get the thing. That's just to get things started. Yeah. And uh, to hit y'all with a teaser, I'm going to hit you with some stuff tomorrow. But the weekend recruiting trip last year that Texas spent on the Manning kid, Arch Manning, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. they spent $250,000 on a three-day recruiting trip to Mr. Manning. Hello? S-E-C, Texas is on its way. Mm. Yep. Unbelievable. Not surprised. Hey, they're going to make that back on day one. thousand on one kid. Yeah. They'll make that back in jersey sales in about half an hour. Yep. Yep, that's right. Thank but you, Tony. That is unbelievable. That's, that's where we had, but I've got some more info, but I'm up against the hour. Great show, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. That'll do it for hour number one. We'll come back. We'll head down to Jacksonville. We'll learn about the Jags and talk to another Tony. That's next. 560 AM, 95.9 FM, Brentwood, Nashville. 107.9 FM, Smyrna. Nashville's first 24-hour sports station. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. ABC News, I'm Rena Roy. The man charged in the hammer attack of Nancy Pelosi's husband in their San Francisco home last year has been found guilty on two counts. David DePap was convicted for attempted kidnapping of a federal officer or employee and assault of an immediate family member of a federal official. In Colorado, one person is dead and police have made an arrest after a shooting outside the El Paso County Courthouse. In what police are calling a homicide, a person was shot and killed outside of the courthouse in Colorado Springs. But they say it was an isolated situation between two people and not a bigger threat. Ira Cronin with the Colorado Springs Police Department. This was not an active shooter situation. The El Paso County Courthouse is closed for the day because of the shooting. Alex Stone, EBC News. Israeli forces say they have found a body of one of the hostages near the Al-Shifa medical complex. The IDF says she was a 65-year-old abducted by Hamas on October 7th. This is ABC News. I'm so stressed about my business not being ready for the holidays. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 35 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Starts at $19.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Visit Uma.com. That's O-O-M-A dot com to learn more. Uma. Smart communications for the smarter business. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking. Now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. Saved by the Scan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. 
WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Gatorade Friends is a fine dining restaurant located in Nashville's prestigious West End. It features an elegant presentation and exceptional service. One of the first non-alcoholic restaurants in Nashville. They pride themselves in professional and courteous service. A popular choice among locals and tourists alike. If you're in town for the ball game or you're just visiting with friends, dinner with friends is the preferred location for those seeking a rich, modern restaurant with serene atmosphere and top-notch guest experience. Your server will uphold the high standards of etiquette and hospitality and guide you through a unique dining experience. Enjoy the ambiance and reconnect with friends. Specialty dining will feature a set menu, a dedicated server, and a personal chef. Enjoy a delicious combination of meats and vegetables at a very affordable price. There's no place in Nashville like it. A unique experience. Come and have dinner with friends. 1719 West End Avenue. To make a reservation, call right now. 615-730-9559. Dinner with friends. A proud sponsor of TSU football on WNSR. You can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Alrighty then. Now, the McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour here on this gorgeous Thursday afternoon. Darren and Justin, we are the McFarlands and we are live in the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio. And we're heading down to Jacksonville, Wolf. It's nice here. I'm sure it's really nice down there in Duval. Duval! Our man Tony Smith, 1010XL, down in Jacksonville joins us. Tony, how we doing? Uh, you know, I've always known Nashville is hospitable, but that was wonderful, guys. A little Duval <laughs> coming in. That's, that's beautiful. I don't know why we're in such a good mood. Things are not good here, Tony, you know, at all. You got to laugh to keep from crying. It's, it's a mess. It's a big, hot mess. <laughs> Well, you know, we'll we'll see what you guys can do to get it put back together this week. And I know Jaguars fans are hoping you can't. It is still the biggest rival for the fans here is no doubt the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, we around these parts, it's been Titans hate week for a few days. It's harder to get the energy up after the way last Sunday went uh, against the 49ers, you know, coming off that five-game winning streak. But, you know, it's starting to pick up a little bit here in the last day or so where the fans are – they got their sights set on the Titans coming to town for sure. How much did that surprise you? I mean, you know, I, I don't think – I mean, San Francisco was favored, but the, the, mm-hmm. in the fashion that they won, I mean, I, I what was the reaction? What's been the reaction all week? It, it's – yeah, I was surprised, you know, that it went the way it did. I'm not surprised that San Francisco getting their pieces back, right, with Debo Samuel and Trent Williams at left tackle – that they looked like the same 49ers kind of offense. Like, I'm I'm not surprised that that was part of it. When they were coming off three in a row, losing, and then the bye week, I thought that they put some pieces back together. I was very surprised that the Jaguars didn't have a better answer at some point for it. Look, it's the NFL. It's not impossible for those kind of things to happen, right? But most weeks in the league, you know, even bad teams play to about a one to two score game with whoever they're going against that particular week last week it all got away from them in the second half especially that game was 13 to three it's not a second half george kittle caught an early touchdown and they just 
basically after that after that play it was that was getting them to that five zero and recreate that with the Titans coming to town this weekend. Last year, before the first meeting with the Titans up in Nashville for the Jags, the week before they went up to Nashville, they got absolutely hammered by the Detroit Lions in Detroit. I mean, demolished by Detroit the week before they went to Nashville and. You know, we can remember what they did in that first meeting with the Titans last season. I think a lot of people are hoping they're going to get a similar result this year. Have you do you have you ever heard of Arden Key at all? Do you know anything about this guy? <laughs> I know anything? a thing or two about Arden. Yeah. yeah. What uh, what is the reaction down there about Arden Key? Arden's been, uh, you know, there's been a little chatter. What 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 do they think of of Arden? Down in Arden, Duval. Yeah, Arden was a guy that, you know, a lot of fans, when we, they were going into the offseason, and I said it at the time, you know, they were going to have some things they had to figure out in free agency. I would have made Arden Key a priority to bring back. Apparently, the conversations with Arden basically started revolving around, I think they wound up offering similar money to Arden Key that he wound up getting from Tennessee. But the thing Jacksonville couldn't offer was more playing time than what he got here in 2022 with Trayvon Walker on the outside and Josh Allen on the outside. They just didn't feel like they could offer him what the Titans could offer from you guys have seen it. He's playing 65 to 70% of the defensive snaps. He's not going to get that here in Jacksonville. So I think fans were disappointed when he wound up getting out of the building because they all wanted to see him back. We all kind of chuckled and when he had the comments going out the door that, you know, key to the city stuff, it's like, all right, Arden, calm down. You were here for a year, bud, <laughs> right? And we loved what you gave to the team for that year, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can pick up the pieces and put themselves back together uh, with you going out. And my reaction to the Trevor Lawrence stuff, the, the stuff that Fred Warner said, similar things last week was, yeah, that's how defensive players talk about it when they're playing a quarterback. we got to take away his first read. I listened to defenses for 20 years in the NFL playoffs talk about having to take away the first read from Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That should be the defense's goal because if he's holding it past the first read, then you have a better chance to rush the passer. That's just called playing NFL defense. I, I think that it hits differently when you're coming off a game as bad as it was last week for everybody in a Jaguars uniform, including Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't even tried to duck any of the criticism that's been thrown his way based on how bad they look last week. Hmm. What's the status on Zay Jones? What, what's, what are they doing with him moving forward? They are, unless the league or the legal situation is going to step in and say that he can't play the plan right now is that he's still trying to work back from an injury and say we're not going to let him play. That's one thing. But I don't think you have to sit him down for this kind of thing while the process is still playing out. It plays out the, however it plays out. And on top of that, he's still trying to come back from an injury. So from a team perspective, when Zay Jones is able to play, he's going to play unless the league or the legal system is going to tell them that they can't do that. Hmm. So you don't, it sounds like you don't think the league is going to step in and do anything anytime soon. I I don't get the sense that that's the way it was going to play out. If it was, it would be the commissioner's exemplist. That's the direction they'd have to go mm-hmm. because the legal system isn't going to have anything definitive to say about this. You know, like and that's not unusual. Those things get delayed all the time. He's got another court date here in a couple of weeks, right? But that's not going to decide likely whatever's going to happen in this case. Likely that's not going to happen until next year. 
at some point in time. And it's not unusual for the league to say, look, we'll have something to say once the legal process is played out. So if he, the league was going to say anything at this point, it would be the commissioner's exemplist. I don't have, I've been giving no indication that that's the direction this thing is going to go. I think when Zay Jones can get back on the field, he's going to be back on the field. Tony Smith on the line with us, 1010XL down in Jacksonville. Evan Ingram, we watched him in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was a huge disappointment in New York with the Giants. Why has it worked so well with the Jags? I mean, he he has been what we thought he was going to be, you know, before he got to Jacksonville, and it never it never looked like that in New York. Yeah, well, I think it kind of looked that way early for him in New York, and that's when his quarterback was Eli Manning, right? Like, I, I do think it looked pretty good for him early on with the Giants, and then. You know, they've dealt with so many issues from coach, quarterback. All those things have been a problem. He gets here to Jacksonville. Doug Peterson has been so good to tight ends during his time in the league as a coach, and I think he's found another one. Evan Ingram is a super talented guy, and you can line him up however you want to line him up. He's a willing blocker. I know people don't talk about that a lot with Evan, but he's a willing blocker, so you don't have to take him off the field for any of those kind of situations, and you can still line him up on the end of the line of scrimmage. He's had a really good year for him this year. Still hadn't gotten in the end zone yet, so we're all waiting to see when that first touchdown is going to come for him um, this season. But Evan Ingram, I think mostly it's he's with the right coach. When all the franchise tag stuff was happening this offseason and there were questions about what would that look like if they didn't get a deal done, I said, look, they're going to handle the business side of this however they handled the business side of this. And they eventually got the three-year deal done with Evan Ingram. But I thought the entire time, the best-case scenario for the Jaguars and the best-case scenario for Evan Ingram was not free agency. It was figuring out a way to be here long-term, to play under Coach Peterson, with Trevor Lawrence, I thought you look around the league and the tight end needy teams around the league, I don't think there would be a better situation this offseason for Evan Ingram than there would be here. And so everyone wanted to get the deal done. He's expressed how much he loved uh, his year in Jacksonville last year. He's expressed it over and over again coming back here for year number two. I think everyone is very comfortable with what they're being asked to do in that situation right now. Tony, what's your assessment of Will Levis from afar? We look every game, we watch every snap. You know, you obviously cover a team within the division, so I imagine mm-hmm. you've you've glanced. What's your what's your assessment of what you've seen? I think that uh, you know he's he's a rookie, so it looks a little bit inconsistent, right? I thought it was promising to see when he was basically give DeAndre Hopkins a chance, right? Like, that's what it felt like early on with Will, right? And you guys saw it. It was, give DeAndre Hopkins a chance to make plays for me. That guy can make a play, right? It didn't happen so much last week for whatever myriad of reasons that I'm sure you guys have discussed. I think uh, it's hard to get a solid eval on a quarterback that is getting hit as much as Will Levis is getting hit Mm. right now with all the problems they're having along that offensive line. It's just tough to get a real honest evaluation of where he is uh, at this point in his rookie season. I think that he looks like a guy that certainly can make all the throws that you would ask an NFL quarterback to make. And he certainly seems athletic enough to play the position the way that it needs to be played in today's NFL. But I think the offensive line makes it really hard 
to get any kind of real evaluation on where he is. He's been getting hit so much lately. He came out to practice the other day in a Kentucky helmet. That's how many times Man. Been. What? That's not what that, happened. No, that's not true. No, no, no okay. you're making that up. Okay. That's fake news here on the McFarland Show. It's not exactly what happened. Too um, soon? Too soon? We're still playing. <laughs> we haven't even got to the – we're still playing football games. There's five division games left. By the way, Tony, how did that happen? How did the Titans only have five I – mean, I know you don't know the answer, Tony, but I'm just saying. How did one team end up with four division games already played and the Titans have played one division game? That's got to be a quirk, right? I mean – Somebody on Park Avenue didn't look at that straight. Yeah, it's uh, there's been quirky stuff in the schedule all year, right? You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals won four games in a row, you know, a couple weeks ago. They were on that four-game winning streak. They didn't play an AFC opponent in those four games. How? <laughs> right? <laughs> right, like, how does that happen when that's your first tiebreaker for the playoffs, right? It's going to be your, your overall record and your AFC record, and they had won four games in a row, and I was like, well, that's wonderful for them to win four games in a row. Are they ever going to win an AFC game, oh, right? Man. Like, it was, that's had, what it had to feel like, even for the Bengals. So, yeah, quirky stuff goes on with those schedule makers. All right, that was not on my list of questions. It just came upon me there. Um, last time you and I spoke, good sir, it was uh, in the summer, and you were telling me at that particular moment anything less than a division uh, a, a divisional playoff game, a second-round mm-hmm. playoff game for Jacksonville would be a massive disappointment to you. Do you still feel that way? I think I do. I think, I think do. I do. I, I think I do. It, it, uh, you, you know, were full, we're all you feeling were what happened. back in the summer, Tony. Like, he, <laughs> like there was no I think. Like, right, like it, it, was, right. it was happening, okay? Yeah, we're all it's still in the shadow of that 49ers <laughs> game a little bit, right? I, here's, I think it is funny you know, trying to get through it this week with how bad last week was. If the Ravens were to lose tonight, the Jaguars going into this weekend would be in the two seed in the AFC, right? And it's trying to get fans to continue to see where they are. You know, they're six and three. These next two weeks are going to be the tail of the tape on where the Jaguars are expected to go, right? And so any of those doubts that people had about where they might wind up. But I still expect them to solidly win the AFC South. And if they're going to win the AFC South, I would expect them to win a playoff game in the divisional or in the wild card round of the playoffs. That's still what I would expect to see out of this team. I think going into the season, most people probably would have thought that the Titans would be the, the team right behind them as far as competing for the division. It's, pretty clear right now cj stroud and the houston texans are for real you, yeah. you don't win games the way they did the last couple of weeks right it, it, it's you just don't win those kind of games especially on the road uh last week those kind of things don't happen unless you're playing pretty good right now and look jaguars fans know what that looked like they did it last year right coming from that kind of position to charge to the top of the division, and y'all watch the Titans struggle over the whole second half of the season. I don't see that coming for the Jaguars. I think they win Sunday. I think that they win in Houston, and they put at least the division conversation stuff to rest, but it's a conversation that is much more alive now than it was two, three weeks ago for this team. The last, the other thing that came up the, the last time you and I spoke was, uh, this whole idea that the Jaguars were going to 
redo the stadium and you know play down in Daytona at the mm-hmm. Speedway uh, for a little while until the new stadium is ready. I saw there were meetings, but I haven't heard a lot of anything happen since then. Has there been any movement on trying to get the money together to do what we've seen the drawings of? Uh, the city, it's still... You know, that's up to the politicians here in Jacksonville. So and no, I would, the uh, answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would uh, not want to be the politician that decides the Jags aren't going to get this thing done, right? Mm. Like, that's the expectation is that that's the outcome, that they're going to get a new stadium deal done. And it's just a matter of when that's going to happen. As far as how that's going to look, you know, how long they would have to play outside of Jacksonville for their home games if they did. You know, there's been all kinds of ideas. There was Daytona, there's been Orlando, there's been Gainesville. There's, you know, it's, there's all kinds of ideas. They've said that they can make it a four-year process instead of a two-year process and the team could still play, you know, in the stadium while it was being renovated. Like, all these things, as far as we know, are still on the table for what it's going to be. But I think ultimately what it's going to be is a new, renovated stadium that you'll hardly recognize. <laughs> Mm. Right, you know, in the city of Jacksonville, except that it's in the same plot of land that the current stadium is on. That's the only similarity it would have, and it's a nice little spot. You know, the river runs right by the thing. Yeah, it's not a bad spot for a stadium. They're going hard from uh, Joe Robbie Stadium to Hard Rock. Then is what they're planning <laughs> to do. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, go that route. All right. Uh, last, last but not least, you've said this rivalry still means more than every other one. And I know yeah. about the history going back to 99. We all lived it. We were all there through it. But but why? Why is this hung on for this long as the... It, it can't go all the way back to just 99. Is it the is it the 99-yard touchdown run? What, like, what else is there that Jacksonville fans are holding on to about the Titans? I, I can tell you from a Jaguars fan perspective. And I've had conversations with people, you know, young guys that have started working with us at the radio station. Right. And they'll have a question at some point. They're like, what's with all the Titan stuff? I don't get it. Right. And, and I'll have to explain to them. Right. Like the Jaguars fans that you're having a conversation with, they still feel 99, right? Like they still feel that it's the closest they've been to a Super Bowl despite having been in three AFC championship games now in the team's history, that's still the one. They were the best team in the AFC, just couldn't find a way to beat the Titans. The 0-3 against the Titans that year, that's a wound that just won't close, right? Which is why the Week 18 victory last year for the Jags to clinch the division title here in this building against the Tennessee Titans. And last year, I think Doug Peterson got the players to feel something that I think the fans have wanted the players to feel for a long time. And I think you guys saw it in Nashville last year with that home game um, for you guys against the Jaguars when they were there. And, you know, and Trevor Lawrence is pointing to the the billboard, right? Like those kind of things. Doug Peterson had shown the players that week, and I don't know why every other coach hadn't been doing this kind of thing over this entire time, but he had shown the players the history of this rivalry between these two, and he was trying to explain to the players, this is why it matters to the fans the way it matters to the fans. You need to know why they feel what they feel in this rivalry. And then you had, you know, I do a show with a former player three out of five days a week on Jaguars today, and watching the former players reacting to current players reacting to the rivalry 
was beautiful, right? Like just how much they responded to the guys that are currently wearing that uniform and how much it means to them to get over on the Tennessee Titans. I, I don't see it going away anytime soon. It's, it feels like a race between the two. Who's going to be the first to lift that Lombardi trophy? Mm-hmm. That's, that's when maybe Jaguars fans might relax a little bit on this whole thing, but I don't think they're they're taking their foot off the gas on this rivalry until that happens. Interesting. Did you just do something with Jimmy Smith recently? Yeah, we had Jimmy on yesterday or a couple days That's ago. That's what yeah. I thought. Uh, just real quick as we wrap this up. Sorry, we've, we've kept you long. But yeah. sure. Justin and I have talked many, many times. It's usually in the summer months whenever yeah. things are. Yeah. You know, rather than do our Mount Rushmore and our yeah. and all of our you know rankings that everybody wants to do in the summer months, we – We've talked about guys that belong in Canton, and we mm-hmm. have always said Jimmy Smith and Fred Taylor belong yeah, without in Canton, question. and we don't understand how they're not in the Hall of Fame. I will wave the flag forever, Tony. I, 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 we've, I've because seen too much. Just I've like seen you, too much. the I, two of us, so the three of us watched all of that, okay? We covered yeah, in all person, of that. I've seen it. We were there, mm. and we can't figure out how those two are it's not in the so Hall of Fame. It's so disrespectful, Tony. It's so disrespectful. It yeah, really I is. Mean, it's it's in my mind. It's as simple as they played for the Jaguars, hmm. right? Like that. That's awful. That's, if that's the case, right. Tony. That's, that's awful. I'm with you. Like it's the only argument against those guys going in. We're all hoping down here that Big Bo getting in a couple of years ago will finally you know, like loosen it up a little bit because he's certainly not the only one that deserves it. Does Fred Jimmy Taylor, bring it up? Does Jimmy bring it Jimmy, up? Jimmy will bring it up every now and then. Like when Jimmy was leaving the studio the other day, you know, I was like, you know, we're we're still trying to carry the flag for you as much as we can, man. You know, with the Hall of Fame stuff. And he was like, I appreciate it. Huh. Right? Like I, I think that he knows he's watching Fred, you know, who's doing the podcast and doing all this different stuff. Yeah. I still see Fred every week for home in the studio. For staying relevant, game. staying current. Right. Staying relevant, staying current. And that dude – was a monster. No monster. question. Right? No question. And I, I think the, the young kids, they don't know, right? Like, you have to show them Fred doing what Fred did to NFL teams for all those years. And I think it's even harder for people to understand what Jimmy was. Jimmy was a freak, man. Like, it, it's just, it's hard unless you sat down and actually watch what they could do to people to explain how great they were. And how good those teams really were. Ninety six to ninety nine, the Jags weren't anything to mess with, man. Like those teams were so good for those four years, and they've been miserable basically since. They've had you know four playoff seasons since nineteen ninety nine. Like, and that's the image that people have of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and unfortunately. That hurts Fred, and it hurts Jimmy, and it's not fair to those guys. And hopefully they both get the uh, the just deserves of what they did, what they accomplished in their career. Well, sorry we kept you so long, but I just wanted to tell you that on the way out. Like, we have yep. we have never understood, and we, we bring it up, you know, we've brought appreciate it up many it, times yeah. on the show. I know those guys appreciate it more than I do. Anyone yeah. that's talking about it, they appreciate it. Tony, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out on Sunday. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Tony Smith down at uh, in Jacksonville, 1010XL. He's always excellent when we bring him on. We'll take a break. We're wide open the rest of the hour. If you want to get involved, 615-844-5600 is the phone line as you listen to The McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio. 
Alpine Concrete is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You could make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by Alpine Concrete, serving the greater Nashville area with quality and pride. For all your residential and commercial concrete needs, call today for a free estimate at 615-474-7859. 615-474-7859. That's Alpine Concrete. They're professionals who care. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Hey, Nashville. Join Joe Fisher and me, Jonathan Schaefer, for the Mid-State Checkdown High School Football Game of the Week. This Friday, we have a Class 3A state quarterfinal playoff matchup with Liberty Creek at East Nashville. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.45. Last Friday, our Mid-State Checkdown High School Football Player of the Week, presented by Jackson Boone Racing, was Liam Hackett, kicker at MBA High School. Liam kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime to defeat Ensworth. For MBA to advance... Good snap, good hold, kick on the way, and the kick is good! NBA advances. The big red in overtime. NBA beat Ensworth 17-14 and will travel to Chattanooga to play Macaulay in a Division II AAA state semifinal matchup. It's Liberty Creek at East Nashville for the Mid-State Checkdown High School Football Game of the Week, powered by Jody Jones Dentistry, exclusively on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Golfers, swing into Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the hottest new fall arrivals from TaylorMade, Callaway, and Titleist. Come by and test drive the new TaylorMade P790 irons, the new Callaway Apex Pro iron sets, and the new Titleist T-Series irons. While you're there, get a free custom fitting on the new arrivals and more. Edwin Watts Golf Shops is your headquarters for all the latest golf gear from all the top manufacturers. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Shop us in-store or online at edwinwattsgolf.com. The Jim Rome Show. Man, I love Facebook. That's not in any way a time suck. It is such a valuable use of your time going on everybody else's page and posting how beautiful they look when they don't. They don't. You know they don't. Come on. Anyway, do what you want with your time. I don't want you to tell me how to spend my time. I won't tell you how to spend your time, but I will tell you this. Stop cropping out pictures and including yourself and then acting like, hey, my hair looked great that day. My makeup was perfect that day. Just do what I tell you. With regards to this, you'll be fine. Weekdays from 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. 615-844-5600 on this beautiful Thursday. Hope everybody's having a great day. I am still surviving in my survivor pool Ah, in the NFL. Able to hold on. 
So just be honest with me. Now I heard, you know, Tony, I already heard him hint. Well, he didn't hint. He just said it. He thinks Jacksonville is going to win this game. Sure. Okay. He did. And I, okay. That's not, it's not stepping out there too far, but you know, when you've survived this long, you know, you, when you use the team, you can't use them again. Okay. For people who are unfamiliar with what's an NFL survivor pool. It's something that by the way, is been around for a long time. I've done it for a long time, but it, it is for whatever reason. It's like, you know, a lot of things. It's kind of blown up. Like now, it's getting really, really big. Like, you, it's before when I talk about it, people are like, "Huh?" And like now, it's it's a lot more commonplace, right? People are like, "Oh yeah, 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 I do them too." Yeah. So I, I can have conversations with people about it all the time. So when you once you use them, you can't use them again. So I've used a, you know, a lot of the big boys. And when you're sitting here at this point in the season, you've already used, you know, the Cowboys and the Bills and the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the. Eagles and you know the good you know the really really good teams with good records 49ers mm-hmm. then you have to start getting creative because you can't use them again and so what I've narrowed it down to this week is mm-hmm. the Lions at home against the Bears <laughs> believe it or not Washington at home against the Giants I don't love that but it, Washington has been playing better and they're at home in the Giants, as we've d- discussed in mm-hmm. yesterday in our top ten. They're the worst team, in our opinion, in the league. They are. And the other one is Jacksonville against the Titans. Mm. So if mm. you were in my position mm. and you were looking for the strongest play, the right. play you felt the best about. Giants and Washington, Washington. right? All right. Giants in Washington. Just want to make sure I heard you. All right. Chicago. So the Lions at home against the Bears. Mm-hmm. You're picking the winner. Picking the winner. Lions at and home against Jacksonville the Jacksonville home against the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Lions at home against the Bears. Yeah. Washington. Oh. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm doing the algebra yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. You know, letting it yeah. letting it crank through the machine. If it was obvious, I wouldn't be asking. Yeah. Letting it crank through the machine. Like last week, I took the Cowboys at home against That's the Giants. That's the obvious play. That was obvious. That's the obvious play. I'm almost. And this is going to sound insane. I think Washington's the obvious play. I think because of the opponent. Because of the opponent, I think Washington, who lost a tough game last week against uh, Seattle, you know, cross country, uh, will be back on this side of the earth, and you know, will want to win. You know, they got a they got a coach here who's in you know trying to save his job. Essentially, I I think the desperation is higher for them to win this game. And, and this is the other part about it. Listen, if if the Lions lose to the Bears, it's not the end of their season at all. If the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Titans, it's not the end of their season. Yeah, no. they, there's still plenty of tread left on that tire. If the Washington Commanders lose to the New York Giants, there's a possibility they could clean house Sunday night, Monday morning. Fair. It w- wouldn't shock point. me at all if they there was a scroll up there on these TVs we look at that says Washington fires head coach Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera guided the team to X, X, and X. It, it wouldn't surprise me Eric whatsoever. Eric Bannemi, interim head coach? Eric, I guess. And, you know, interim head coach for the remaining seven or eight games or whatever it is. So, to me, the team with the absolute most on the line among those six are the Washington Commanders. And is the game in Washington? Yes. Oh, yeah. I I would think, I would think if there was going to be an obvious winner, like who needs this W more? Now, as you know, in the NFL, it doesn't mean they're going to get it. But who's got the most on the line? Who's got the weakest opponent? 
who needs a win more than everybody else, to me, it's the it's the commanders. Um, Justin Fields comes back. Could, could he catch lightning in the bottle or, or something? He's been and out four games. He's been out. Could they come up with a different game plan? Something happens. I don't know. Maybe. It changes. Maybe. Look, in fairness, it changes. I don't know what he's going to look like, but no. I, it looks like he's going to come. If it was Tyler Baget yeah. or Bajan or whatever his name yeah. is, okay? I think I think I would just roll with Detroit. Probably like they're, so. They're going to beat the Bears. Probably so. But uh, look, you have to admit, you know, the Justin Fields thing element does change it a little bit. It yeah, just does. It does. It doesn't mean they're gonna they're gonna win, but it certainly enhances yeah their chances. And, and, with and with the, the other guy, no. And could the Titans beat the Jaguars? Yeah, they sure could. I mean, they could. They, sure. they absolutely could. I, I you know I've been hearing the blowout talk all week, and not to say it won't happen, but to see that the Titans can't beat the Jaguars, you're being ridiculous. Well, yes, they can. The reason that the Jags look really attractive, well, there's there's several. Reasons. Oh yeah. One, they're atop the division. Two. They're at home, and the Titans have not won a road game yeah, in over a in over a year. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, more than a calendar year, they yeah. haven't won a road game. That all plays into, and then you know what we talked about with Tony Smith. They're coming off getting embarrassed they at are. home, which, by the way, I should have asked him. I, I meant to do that. Dang it! Believe it or not. Their their home record, I think, is one in three. I looked. Really? I was looking at this morning. Mm. Yeah, their home record is not good. I meant to ask him why. <laughs> why haven't they been better at home? Which mm. you know they did have two London games. Well, I don't no. know. I guess one of the, does one of them count as a home I, win? I, I, was that got, their home win? You got me on that one. I don't know. One of the London games. Uh, they're two and three at home. Okay, so probably one of them was the London game. I'm trying to find it. I'm sure one of those games was a home, home game. Probably so. They played back to back weeks. Um, which one were their London games again? I'm sorry. I, you know, the 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 Colts game was the London game, and yep. the Buffalo game was the London yes, game. Right? Correct. Well, they won both of those. They won games. them both. Yeah, but and I'm saying they versus, weren't both. Yeah, both of those were home games. No, they weren't both home games. That's what this says. Really? Yeah, they're they're versus for both of those games. So Jacksonville's only playing. I mean, so they had two games not. Playing in Jacksonville. Uh, wow! Look at this again. Okay, but anyway, yeah. I, to to your point though, um, yeah, because one that that's not correct on some level. I'll I'll try to find it a little deeper. I, I'm not sure exactly why they're not playing well at home right now. Um, but you know, it, it's a it's an interesting place down there in Jacksonville and Duval and and, and all of that. You can tell the fan base wants to be excited. I think at times they're not sure when to be excited. And and Tony says something that I didn't realize that the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans have played in the exact same amount of AFC Championship games. Uh, the the Colts have played in uh, the Colts. The Jacks uh, Jacksonville Jaguars have played in three. The Titans have played in three. Uh, the Titans have won one, and they haven't won any. Um, and if you don't get to the Super Bowl at some point, it's easy to forget that you've gotten to these AFC Championship games. They run and go. So quickly. So the Titans lost in Oakland to the Raiders yep. and lost in Kansas City? Yep. Is that right? Okay. Those are the two. And Jags obviously lost at home to the Titans. Yeah. What lost were the other two? One more to the Steelers and the other one. Um, was it Buffalo? Uh, no, it was Buffalo didn't go to the Super I don't think Bowl. It was, uh, was it Denver? Oh, okay. The upset, um, the, the, the young Jaguars um, who who nearly made the run of the Super Bowl got stopped by John Elway and the Broncos. I okay. think. Okay. Pretty sure that was it. Um, 
But yeah, so those are the three. And so it's, uh, I just thought that was, I didn't realize they had been to that many. Um, and not that three is a lot in 25 years, but I didn't think they had been to that many. Um, so it's just. Well, Jacksonville's actually been around a little bit longer than the Titans. Technically, yeah. In their, in their right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm technically, saying Titans, yeah. like as in this market, 25 years. Yes, yes. So they've been, yeah, a little longer Because they were, what, mid-90s. Yeah. yeah, 96, 97, I think yeah. was their first year. Uh, in the league. The other thing he said that I wanted to just make a brief comment on is the fact that they never got over the 99 loss and the fact they are passing that along as some type of terrible heirloom um, from one generation of Jaguars, coaches, players, and fans to the next blows me away because I promise you, Darren, you can go. You can go downtown Nashville right now and find somebody wearing a Titans shirt and ask them about the '99 AFC Championship game, and they probably won't remember, unless they are of a certain age or a certain person. the The average Titan fan at this point, 24 years later, probably has no idea what you're talking about. And for them, it's it's lore. That's 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 amazing to me. It just goes to show what one game can mean to one set of fans and what another game can mean to another set of fans. Um, because I promise you, we didn't have time to get into it with Tony. Titans fans don't look at it that way. Even the year they went to the Super, the, the year they went to the Super Bowl, even fans who can think about it probably don't even remember well, who do they beat in the AFC Championship game? Uh, Buffalo and the Museum Miracle, right? That was that wasn't it. Yeah, we know it's the Ravens one, Steelers probably two, right? Ravens are one. Ravens are one for sure. I don't know if the, who's the, next. Maybe Colts? the Colts. Maybe they, they they would be the other team for me. Colts. Um, yeah, the Colts. Then maybe the Steelers and Jacksonville. And you know, they've they've played well and all that. But I've got I I don't think of them in the same way that they clearly think of the Titans uh, down there in Duval. Um, it, it, it's uh, to me that. Two sides of the same coin. It's really that's really insane to me that they're passing that along and playing clips of that. And to think that they caught an L last year. The Titans lost a game last year or two in part because of the '99 Tennessee Titans. Like in part, if that if the '99 team and the '99 losses had any role at all in the losses last year, that is mind blowing to me. We'll step away, take another break. 615-844-5600 as you listen to The McFarland Show, WNSR. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty is our area's premier.